The following Art Trap production is brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by donations from listeners like you. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Please visit audiblepodcast.com slash podshock for your free audiobook download. Live from the Sensorite Council, this is Doctor Who Podshock. Doctor Who Podshock. Okay, well, let's do it. No, I... <laughs> you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifrey Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah, we blew that. <laughs> I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? Outpost Gallifrey and the Gallifrey Embassy present Doctor Who Podshock, episode 144. My name is Ken Deep, alongside Mr. Louis Trapani. Yes, my name is Louis Trapani. And across this <laughs> great pond, none other than the legend himself, Mr. James Norton. Oh, thank you very much. And this episode, of course, is being brought to you by our friends at Audible. And that is a great way of picking up some Doctor Who books on tape, as well as uh, 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 many other books on tape. Doesn't have to be sci-fi. Doesn't have to be Doctor Who. It's it's many things. But we're we're encouraging it, of course, because of the vast Doctor Who selection. And and I I downloaded the Sensorite, so I was in a Sensorite mode, and uh, and there we go. Yes, the isn't that the the Ood predecessors? Yes. What was that, 1965 or was it 66? I can't remember. Somewhere uh, let's in try 64. 64. 64, wow. Mm-hmm. June, of, June through August of 64. Earlier than even I expected. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't but... know, but it certainly is humorous. <laughs> I'll do anything for a laugh. Well, almost anything. Let's not oh, okay. Earlier than all three of us. <laughs> yep. But the point, of, I think what Ken's trying to get at is if you go to podshock.net, there's a big banner up at the top there. You, if you click on it, you can download a free audiobook, including Doctor Who titles. So there are fantastic sponsors. Thank you very much, Audible. Uh, the podcast is also made possible in part by listeners like you, thanks to your generous contributions, and we've had quite a few over the last uh, couple of weeks, as well as supporting perhaps by picking up a T-shirt or something from the Podshock store. So all those things are, are wonderful and help make uh, the podcast possible. It allows us to uh, broadcast from high atop the podcast tower in central Manhattan in our multi-million dollar office. To the tower. No, we, we of course don't have anything like that. We're <laughs> three guys who are rubbing two nickels together, unfortunately. You got nickels? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, only because this this really just came out a couple days ago, was that Daphne Ashbrook, a uh, friend of Doctor Who Podshock, was added to yes. Chicago TARDIS mm. along with uh, Paul McGann, making it a 1996 movie reunion. Yes, very and exciting. I know that's 
way off, but it's November 27th, 28th, and 29th Chicago at Thomas. the uh, Weston Lombard Yorktown Center in so Chicago. Now- this is how often have these two done conventions together? You know, eighteen million times. Oh, all right. So no, then no, again, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not that I'm special, kidding. then, guys. Just stay home. <laughs> They're going to be doing it again and again. <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing like. It. <laughs> no, they've only done a, a handful together, uh, and and so this is a great thing. It's a wonderful. Well, we've never hand. even seen Paul McGann, and you know we, we've been you know at, well at, you can say since nineteen ninety six fans of Paul McGann, so it's um you know it's it'll be an historic thing to see uh, both of them together, let alone just seeing Paul McGann. True, true. Now we are as we record this about two weeks away from Planet of the Dead. We hope. And many we hope. <laughs> Yeah, many photos have been uh, surfacing on the internet. Uh, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Uh, mostly a whole lot of sand and a broken down bus and a, a broken down red double decker bus. And, the and doctor. Be careful, and, spoiler alerts. Yes, and, and Lady Christina is his uh, companion of the episode, mm. uh, portrayed by the lovely Michelle Ryan. Indeed. Yes, and but from what we're hearing, and and the BBC well, press office released it and then yanked well, it back. It. As of yesterday, it was um, they announced it. It was on their website that it was uh, the eleventh. It was scheduled for Saturday, the eleventh of April. Since then, it's been pulled. So, by the time you're hearing it, it may be back on their website again for the eleventh. But I would say I'm not a betting man, but I would say probably it's a good chance it is going to be Saturday the 11th, um, maybe, if not, obviously the 12th, which is Sunday. Uh, I would give it maybe 60, 40 as um, percentages, uh, 60%. Well, Saturday is traditionally the time slot for Doctor Who. Yeah, and I think it's – the reason I think they pulled it is because at the moment they're, they're really liking to play this whole ratings war with ITV. And, uh, you know, I, I for one, um, of the school of thought that it should be on Saturday. It makes sense. It's Doctor Who. Saturday is the time that it should be on. But, you know, they, they have fiddled with the times before and they seem to like to do that at the moment. I don't know why. And we've waxed lyrical about this before. But I think that's primarily the reason why maybe they've pulled the time uh, and they still... Uh, uh, leaving it open and ambiguous so that they can, if they need to, if ITV pulls something big out of the bag, they can uh, can shift the timing of it. But crazy, crazy. It seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo-yo. If you're trying to plan like a meetup or something, uh, you know, to, to watch it, it can be a real pain if they don't just schedule it. I mean, it's two weeks away. For heaven's sake, that that's not long at all. If you're planning an event or something, just you know, even if you're just having a couple of the guys over or whatever, um, um, sitting down in front of the telly, opening a few cans and watching Doctor Who. I mean, it's impossible <laughs> to plan. That's how, that's how you do it, James. That's how I roll. Yes, that is how <laughs> I roll. <laughs> well, uh, the dear. and I don't know if you want to ring the spoiler alert on this but i don't really believe you have to because it's it's pretty much been announced that and i think this is how you say it the monster in the story is the tritivore 
Yeah, looks and like photos it. Photos of the Tritivore have surfaced as well, and he's it's, basically it's Jeff the, now. <laughs> Jeff the <Goldblum>. fly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty much the fly. And now, uh, uh, since maybe Christmas, we've heard that the new monster in this year's Easter special will be more evil than the Daleks or the Cybermen, which now screams to me that he's a good guy. Yeah, quite possibly. The only thing that. Um... He's misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, I'm remembering some quotes from the Mirror where they were saying, like, of course, that fantastic pinnacle of British journalism. Um, (laughs) They used words like they're disgusting and something about, you know, they'll last long in people's memories. Um, uh, Everybody knows the Daleks and the Cybermen, but um, not a lot else, if they're honest, whereas they think that, like, the Tritivore or Tritivore, or however you, you pronounce it, will change all of that. Um, basically, they're just on about that. They think that they're going to make a huge impact. So I, I kind of agree with Ken. It's, it's, it sounds a lot like they're gonna, there's going to be a twist in there and that they're going to be the good guys at the end of the day. Um, I, I have to admit... I mean, from seeing some of the photos and, and kind of getting the gist of, of perhaps what this uh, Easter special is going to be about, I'm not hugely looking forward to this. I, I, it, it's a little too much like a, a turn left kind of thing or where it's, you know, doctor and other people are on bus, bus mysteriously goes to planet. We get yeah, out of see, planet. I'm having Somebody... flashbacks to that Sylvester McCoy story with flying buses in space. So anytime that happens, <laughs> I get nervous. You know, especially yeah. you know we're talking about Doctor Who now. So, <laughs> and I know I know Russell said something along the lines of, "Well, there's going to be something of an arc heading into yes the mm. regeneration mm. of mm-hmm. David Tennant." I I'm hard pressed to see what kind of arc we're going to have in the middle of the desert, unless it's Noah's, Noah's arc. arc or. <laughs> Ark in space, or the Ark with William Hartnell and and those those monoids, and I don't know. I, I maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I you know because I don't want to sound like one of those Russell Russell bashers because I'm not. You know that's not no. what I'm thinking. What I'm thinking is uh, we have th- what three or four specials, and I was really hoping we'd see some some really. Um, pushing it to the limits kind of Doctor Who or sci-fi or however you want to put it. Particularly as is it's Russell's sort of last leg, you know, this is this yeah. is his chance to to go out with a bang, so to speak. And then uh, photos have surfaced from some location filming for one of the end of the year specials already. And a double spoiler alert now, please, Lewis, as we're ringing the, uh, yeah, the because bells. David Tennant is in a bookstore, um, for a book signing by Verity Newman, A Journal of Impossible Things, which has graphics of the fob watch on it. So make what you will of that. And uh, I, so this this opens up a, a, a can of worms here. We've, we've gotten some last last pod shock. We had some rumors from some of the tabloids about Rose coming back, Donna coming back, Martha coming back. Look. It's all in the journal. I mean, that now we've gotten to the point where, you know, he's going there. The diary is involved. There's this book about flashbacks and all these other kind of things, these stories. Because mm. before I even heard this news, the first thought I had in my mind was the Davison regeneration with Tegan and Adric and, and then the master. You know, no, die, doctor, die. 
that you could easily have flashbacks and that is that's how you would have written off having rose and martha and all that because the rose martha um donna coming back thing was done with journey's end i mean we've Yes, and done to death, to be honest. Let's, so let's face I can't it. see having such an obvious return of those characters. So this has to be the way that we had all the Doctors returning for the Christmas special, and they did technically return, but in a, a most unusual way. That's what I think is happening here. And, and, and now seeing this, the introduction or the reintroduction of the Journal of Impossible Things, there's your built-in how we get anybody we want into this. So any rumor you hear between now and Christmas, just chalk it up to this book. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, because I was kind of disappointed when I had heard the news that they were going to bring Rose back and bring Martha back because um, a lot of people didn't really like the the ending to series four. But one of the things that I really did like about it was the fact that it really was kind of the nail in the coffin in terms of saying goodbye to old companions and really setting the scene for series five we've got the specials here where maybe we can kind of semi-introduce some new companions and i i really don't see why why they would um go away from that idea and and bring back rose and martha what's the point you know the the whole point of 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 leaving them is that they've they've all reached a, a a good chapter in their lives. They're all wanting to do their own things. They don't want to, you know, be hanging around with the doctor anymore. And it gives us a whole new start for series five. Why why would they revisit that? That's what they did that at the end of series four. There's no point yeah. in doing I mean, it, it again. It's definitely it would be a bit of a letdown, you know, heading heading into the regeneration and, and things like that. Um, and then you have, um, by the way, where we're talking about this, this, um, Christmas filming, uh, apparently, um, Jessica Hines, that, that's the actress that, that played, yes, uh, Joan, yes. Joan also known as, uh, uh, Jessica Stevenson by her, her maiden name anyway, is, is, uh, is what a lot of people know her from. You remember uh, her from, her as. yeah, from Human Nature apparently is the author, playing the author of this Journal of Impossible Things. Perhaps it's her pen name, Verity Newman. Quite possibly, yeah. Perhaps it's yeah. a different character. Perhaps it's an accident. Who knows? Well, the the way that I think, and this, again, complete speculation, but the Russell has liked to do this before in terms of, you know, we had this whole situation with um, Martha and her, her cousin, with, with Gwen, mm -hmm. um, Gwen Cooper and, and her relative Gwen in, in the past, he likes to bring relatives in there who look almost identical to their, you know, because they're played by the same actress. <laughs> well, well, exactly. They're played by the same person, um, and he, he but it, it, they chalk it down to being some form of relative. It's, that's how he gets yeah, around the, the same be, actress um, or actor, an ancestor, play different characters. Yeah, so that's that's how I'm thinking is that maybe you know Joan. Joan still had the journal. Joan still had that, and maybe her granddaughter or something found it and decided to turn it into a book under the pen name of Verity Newman. So who knows? Who can say? I mean, it's but it's it's terribly interesting, and it's 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 kind of nice that these photos have leaked because I'm not usually a huge fan of spoilers, but this really is kind of wetting 
unwitting my appetite for it because it's not giving too much away and it leads to speculation and we can figure out, you know, or, or talk about what the possibilities might be, which is well, exciting. The, the question, if there is a trailer at the end of Planet of the Dead for one of the Christmas specials, for one of the end of the year specials, um, then these photos are nice to have now. If they don't show anything at the end of Planet of the Dead, I would like to have liked to have had these leak maybe a little bit later, because we're going to have a, a little bit of our fill of Doctor Who around Easter, and that'll take us through April. And then if these photos would have leaked perhaps in June, again we would start yeah. getting excited about uh, you know we have a few months to go, and and we're finally getting some news. But if they do show a trailer, and we see the journal or um our author s in in the trailer well then these photos just sort of complement that and we kind of yeah. knew it already and, and now it's out there and and, mm. and it gets people talking so i'm, I'm going to be curious to see that in a couple of weeks um what they do i agree with james though that we, we this could be almost anybody or anything or mm. i don't know but with with both the the uh, the new monster in Planet of the Dead being the most heinous monster of all time, and then this here seeing that it's it's Verity Newman and she wrote this book and but it's played by the same actress, we got uh, quite a few chances for a MacGuffin here. They throw us a curveball and and I don't know. I'm just pleased that so far I haven't seen anything like um, robot bunnies or something like that for the. Planet of the Dead. I, I just hope there's no, you know, even though it's coming out Easter weekend, I'm just hoping there's no Easter tie-ins at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, they're using the holiday weekend to, uh, they're they're kind of assured that it's a, a weekend where people have off and and families are gathered together. I get that. That's that's kind of what they do at Christmas, knowing that there are gatherings on a weekend like that. But I don't think you have to figure out how to tie Easter into it. No, um, they do. They do that enough with Christmas, to be honest. And I kind of like that they've that they've gone away from that now. And now they only just try and get a bit of snow in, and that's it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. And even then, it, it's it's never really real snow. No. <laughs> <laughs> it, there's always some excuse that it's not. And that's funny. That that's become kind of a bit of a an in joke. Um, and I, I'd quite like. To, to, for them to, to carry on doing that but if they get eggs in here or something <laughs> it'll just be it'll be worse than one of lewis's puns and lewis's puns are great so well, the, the the unofficial first christmas special if you want to call it that is the unquiet dead i think that's the only one that had real snow in it yeah that's true that's very true well, let's. I mean, there's there's a lot of news going on. Let's let's move past the spoiler part because somebody right now has been fast forwarding and wants to hear something they some news they they might actually be able to listen to, if they are spoiler free, in their mm. uh, listening of Podshock. So, we can return now to hopefully some semi normal news. <laughs> semi normal. I like that. <laughs> what, else, what else do we have? You can be in Doctor Who. Actually, James can be because this is only for UK residents. Is that the uh, BBC has opened up their um, their gates, if you will, if you are a customer, or not a customer, but a customer, one that dresses up in costumes, <laughs> <laughs> and you're 18 years or older of age, 
they're looking for aliens to be on um, John Barrowman's show, which is Tonight's the Night, in April or May, and you the you can have an opportunity to star in your very own Doctor Who scene. So once again, BBC has a call out for, um, I guess, contestants, if you will, because it's a mm. it's a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience uh, with John Barrowman. And um, tonight's the night. And again, they don't say exactly when, either April or May, if you're chosen. So tonight is not the night. No, tonight, any <laughs> night but tonight. So if you enter, but... you must create your own homemade alien costume and take a picture of yourself modeling it. And there's Ooh. um. More, if you're listening to the Hands podcast, we'll have an embedded link that will bring you to more information about it. Otherwise, on our show notes, we'll include the link to this uh, application page. So it's going to mm. look like one of those Facebook cell phone shots, except that you're going to be wearing a costume. Basically. <laughs> well, many Sounds times like... they have these contests, and they're only for 18 and younger. So mm -hmm. this is like the first time in a long time they have they have some an opportunity for those that are uh, past the the age of 18 to um to participate though as i said it's only for uk residents so that means james you're gonna have to come up with something and uh, get on the show <laughs> i don't think so somehow uh, it's, it's not really me i'm not much of a costumer but um may, Billy maybe will help next. You. you can be the white robot you could be um... oh I, I don't think so no <laughs> only only billy could ever be the white robot i mean he's he's got his own facebook page now yeah, that's right <laughs> Yes, I, I can't. I can't follow that. I can't. I can't follow in his shoes. <laughs> to be fair, maybe next time. I see that this news just posted either yesterday or or today. Um, did you see this about the restoration team? Yes, down there. You know what? I don't know. I'm a little skeptical because it's okay. April let's just 1st. say that they're the they announce that they're closing their forums. That um, but it's it's a. The closure is going to start on the 1st of April. So that's mm. what just made me mm. raise a little flag there. You know, why April 1st? Why not yeah. now? <laughs> or, or It's it's a little bit early for an April Fool's joke. So, And and this uh, on the heels of, the, you know, the announcements that there there's a possibility they may be doing some, some more animated episodes, which was something that we, the three of us were were proponents of for a long time and you know that they, they may pick um one of the stories that's incomplete or missing and do more animated uh adaptations we of it i hope so yeah 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 well i hope this is an april fool's joke because that would stink and then one of the reasons they're saying on outpost gallifrey was um in addition to some of the requirements for them you know, because of this commercial releases and things, but they also said the amount of personal abuse, personal abuse in forum postings. You know, I don't get that. Who? I don't know who would just say, you know, what I'm going to go there and and take take people to task who are preserving and and helping us in in keeping the show that we love alive and the and the problem is, is for future that... generations. The problem is, is that anything to do with the internet, in terms of you know, you've got um, that sense of anonymity. You know, you can. Yeah. You, yeah that's the real will... problem. That's why people have massive flame wars. Yeah. You know, will say say stuff online that they would never say. Never in say in person. Absolutely. Yeah. And and uh, you they know, hide behind screen names, or whatever. I mean, that's why I mean, I always use my real name, and 
if I'm using another name, it's very apparent that I am who I am. You know, I don't make any, and um, and I say whatever I would say that I would you know say in person. Yeah, but it's it if if that's one of the main reasons, then it's a real shame. I have to say, but I can also understand that um, in terms of uh, you know the requirements of operating such a forum, uh, such a technical forum, it must take a lot of time and effort. And Steve Roberts, who was at um, Gallifrey yes, 20. Yeah, he was there at 19 as well. Chap, um, a wonderful guy. I mean, he he um, obviously goes above and beyond the call of duty in terms of running this forum. And I can Steve understand Robert, that... Uh, Mark Ayers, the, all the people who go... Who yeah. go and dig into things and, and give us things as Doctor Who fans help preserve the history of the show. They do, they do great work. And I, I like I said, it, it's disheartening to me to hear something like that. And, and uh, he and, and others like him need to know that they, you know, they have a friend in Podshock. We support what you do and, and don't let a, you know, a few people who are just like Lewis said, who are just um, using the anonymity of, of the internet to say stupid things don't don't let that ruin it yeah but it's it's encouraging it's encouraging at least that the still the main restoration team uh, site with all the, the featured articles and the work that's currently being undertaken on the dvd releases will continue as ever as normal and that's really cool because the site is great because it gives you an insight into what's happening behind the scenes. It's just sad that now, you know, you're not going to be able to interact directly with the team and, you know, have a conversation, which is the whole point of the, 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 the technical forum. Yeah. And I hope uh, this doesn't have anything to do with to entertain either, the way he kind of said that it's like a commercial thing, because um, I would hate yeah. to think that, that – there's issues there as well. Um, you know, I've been critical of them, but I'm never critical of the restoration team. Uh, the restoration team are doing the day-to-day hands-on work where To Entertain is the for-profit company that releases and distributes these things. Yeah, well, that's it. The restoration team is doing it for love and To Entertain is doing it for money. I mean, yeah, they're getting paid, I'm, but, I'm, but none of those guys are millionaires. You know? they're No, not, exactly. They're not saying, well, now that I've restored the Romans, I can go retire on a nice tropical island. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's it's worth mentioning and worth realizing that it's not too entertained doesn't just do the classic DVDs, they do the current DVDs as well. The the, the mm-hmm. uh, since two thousand and five the, the the new series for want of a better phrase. So they're rolling in money, and um, I think if, <laughs> rolling if, if, in money. Well, they well, are. I mean, I'm sure somebody there would would disagree with you. Well, I, I did I'm, receive my tripods DVDs at, at long last. They've released those tripods, and we'll talk about that on um, Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi, the, the next episode, because I have to rake them over the coals about this DVD now. With, really? With all the things they could have done, and the amount of extras on there were minuscule. They put the cult of the tripods on there instead of making their own, let's say, making mm-hmm. of. You know, I've had the cult of the tripods for the last couple of years. Thanks, by the way, to Dave AC. Um, mm-hmm. They... That to me is like a freebie. It's not yeah. the main reason you buy it. You know, it's, yeah. it's 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 what you put on, and we put on the cult of the tripod. You know, we we did this, this, and this as an exclusive to this release. Oh, and because we had the room, we put on the cult of the tripods. That's yeah, the, that, no, that's, that's the kind of that's daft, and particularly as you've been waiting for it in the U.S. for so long. 
I mean, and they've delayed well, it, and delayed it, and delayed it. It's a Region Two disc. I, I, there's no American release. I, I, I got it through Amazon UK because oh, okay. I'm just a big Tripods fan, and I have a Region Free free player that converts to PAL. So, um, but anyway, right. we'll let, we'll talk about that on on Hitch. I, I don't want to get sidetracked, <laughs> although that's never stopped. I've run to get to entertain several. Speaking rounds. of uh, Stephen Roberts, by the way, our friends over at Radio Free Scarrow did a great interview with him on a recent podcast and I'm bringing that up because this just goes to prove about Gallifrey about so many things going on that there we were and we didn't get a chance to talk to him, but they did. So, um, in, in the, in the category of covering each other's rear ends, they got a chance to <laughs> see uh, Stephen Roberts. So, um, I think and I saw should... them on the force.net today. They're just everywhere. All of a sudden they, they interviewed Dennis Muren, uh, and the force.net, the main star Wars fan site, was was uh, touting the, their praises. Mm. They, they, All right, Radio that's Free it. I'm Mark Hamill right now. Hmm? <laughs> Radio Free Scarrow interviewed Dennis Muren. Yes, yeah. they did. Yeah, oh. and Ken sent us the the email with the the link. I haven't had the chance to listen yeah, well, to. Well, he it yet. sent me just the link, and I haven't had the chance to check it out yet. So that's why I didn't know that. I just figured it was an interview with Dennis Muren. Mm. I didn't realize Radio Free Scarrow did it. Yeah, they something did, wrong then. with that. No, I didn't say, did I imply there was anything wrong with it? I'm just, it's, it's just, how rude. How dare they post on the Force. I'm just, I'm, I'm just expressing my what surprise. What if we have our own page it, on the Force.net? It wasn't a, um, a disagreeable surprise. It's, it's just a surprise. I mean, if if Dennis was involved with Doctor Who, I would be less surprised, you know, because I, you know. But no, that's great. Was it, was it Warren? Unless they know something we don't. That they've hired ILM to do the, do the special effects for the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't want to start any terrible. Well, just rumors. one last comment it's about like the, the sun. about to entertain and um, well, more to the restoration team is that they didn't have to do the forums. I mean, they they could just do what they do and without that communication conduit there. And I think it's um, you know, it, it's it's great that it's there, and, and it's a shame that if we lose it. So, but it's it's something that they didn't have to do, but they did it anyway, and it really shouldn't be abused. And if if mm. that is really the case, then you know those that are abusing that open form, you know, they should be ashamed of themselves. All right, it's an excuse now for us to go get Stephen Roberts on the show so we can ask him. Sure, indeed, indeed. Well, he has an open invite as always. As ever, yeah. Well, once again, Hugo Awards are. In the air for 2009, Doctor Who has been nominated for Best Dramatic Presentation Short Form in um, for two Doctor Who stories, one um, which is a two-parter, Silence in the Library slash Forest of the Dead by Stephen Moffat, and the other is uh, Turn Left by Russell T. Davies, are both um, up for um, Hugo Awards. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just move along. Move along. You, you, you know, no, 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 no disrespect to to the Hugos or Stephen Moffat. Uh, in in Moffat, we trust, of course. And mm. uh, it just it it's um we've seen this movie before. Stephen nominated. Stephen wins. Stephen writes great stories. Stephen nominated. Stephen wins. It just goes around in a, in a circle. It's like a like a time travel story. Well, they're up against uh, Lost, Battlestar Galactica, and that internet musical um, Doctor Horrible's Sing Along Blob Blog or whatever it's called. Yeah, the Josh Whedon thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Which we heard was very good. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Well, if you're into I musicals, have... that's yeah. Um, I, I think it was. I think it was a good. Um, I, I saw some trailers and stuff, and it looked like it was a good laugh. And uh, and I, I have a lot of friends who've watched it and said that it's really cool and interesting. But you know, and also it was great that they they, they had a nice little competition that people could um, enter and 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 post a video which would onto YouTube or whatever, which would eventually be featured on the uh, the DVD as a as a special feature, which I thought was quite cool. Um, I like Josh Whedon. He does a lot of cool and innovative stuff, and mm-hmm. you know. Sure. But I, I, I hope that Stephen wins, of course, that the Hugo because what he's won two already, I think. Uh, oh yeah, it's a whole previous... closet full now. So, uh... <laughs> the man can't even take out a jacket without his Hugo's full. No, just... Hugo's everywhere. He uses the most paperweights around the house. He deserves to win, in my opinion. I mean. I haven't seen much of Lost or uh, this season anyway, or uh, much of Battlestar Galactica, and I haven't even seen the finale yet. And I'm holding out for that um, till we actually. So no spoilers, please. But <laughs> oh, what's the problem? What happens at the end is <laughs> <laughs> it was all a dream, as many people have suggested. But anyway. Warren Green opens his eyes. And <laughs> he's like, oh, I had this dream. <laughs> lame would be the the word for that but anyway as far as i can tell i don't think we've got anything really else in the news to talk about um unless you guys do oh um actually one one last thing is that um our our good friends over at uh at gallifrey one on the the dot two news page um uh, about a week ago now um uh posted up about the fact that that, uh, an anecdote that tom baker uh, gave that someone's trying to look for the family who was mm. mentioned in this anecdote. Um, the Lancashire Evening Post um, reported that Simon Farquhar is looking for the family at the centre of one of the Fourth Doctor's most famous tales about basically his time on Doctor Who. In his autobiography in 1997, and indeed probably in many other places as well, Baker has. Uh, gave this fantastic story about how he was so concerned about the effect um, of the deadly assassin on kids in 1976 that when he was traveling back from a publicity event um, in Blackpool, he stopped off in Preston, which is, you know, the next town over, to find somewhere where he could watch the episode. And he saw some bikes in the house of a garden, some kids' bikes, knocked on the door, asked if they were Doctor Who fans, and obviously was invited in. I mean, why wouldn't you invite the guy in if Tom Baker knocks on your door <laughs> to come and watch the program w- with all the kids? Um, and now they're researching this incident for a BBC drama documentary type thing about it, provisionally entitled Tea Time with Tom Baker. Nice title. Um, so the search is on for this family, whoever they may be. So if you if you do have any possible... Uh, leads or anything that you might uh, have to help out with this one, then you can go to the Lancashire Evening Post website. Um, I think it's on the main page. There's a link you can click on. Uh, I just thought, I just think that's really kind of cool. And it's nice that they're going to be making uh, a documentary or a drama about it. That's quite cool. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. Yeah, it's not really major news, but I thought it was funny. Well, 
I tell you, we're, we're reaching out and, and reaching around the world. And something like this has happened on the show before. And I, we've discussed this once before on the show about the lady who was searching for her father. And she knew that he was an actor, a British actor. And he at one point made an appearance in Doctor Who. And she and I were emailing back and forth. And I was trying to come up with suggestions uh, as to who it could be. And after about a, a few months of, of emailing back and forth, she found her father. She found her mm. birth. So it is very possible, and it's possible simply because we reach out around the world, and you don't know who's listening, or you don't know whose next door neighbor is listening. That kind of thing that could pass along and say, "Hey, wasn't weren't you telling me that?" So let's mm. hope that they they resolve this. It would be a fascinating story if they do. Yeah, I, I hope so. It would be worthwhile just to see the. I hope uh, it makes it to the Deadly Assassin DVD. Yeah, there's a special feature. How cool would that be? Maybe that's what it's for. Who can? Who knows? I don't know. I would look on the forums, but they're closing them down. Damn them. Oh. But anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about in the way of news. I don't know if you've got anything, Lou. No, I think we covered a lot of the news right now, We're, Chris. So I think we should move along. Are we uh, going to review Fort of Doomsday? I, I did actually watch it, finally. <laughs> you mean the, we promised to do it, I think, even before we, we went out We promised it, like, in December. Yeah, we're really bad, aren't we? We're, we're yeah. pretty rubbish. We can do. Um, sure. I don't know. Features-wise, what do we have this week, Lewis? I know that we have some uh, interviews in the can. Well, we have we an interview to... with Chris McKean. We have um, a report from the the GE Easy. Yeah, GE Easy. News did a report from the Australian Doctor Who convention. Yes. So uh, we have those on board. We got some feedback to cover. So, um, so yeah, we have a full show ahead of us. All right, before we go to break, we want to once again thank Audible.com for sponsoring Doctor Who Podshock. And uh, if you're interested in getting a free audio book, you can do so today by going to www.audiblepodcast.com slash podshock to get your free audio book today. And once again, that's www.audiblepodcast.com slash podshock. And get your free audio book with your free trial today. And they have 50,000 titles to choose from every genre. Audible has it covered. And you can listen just like you're doing with this podcast right now, whenever and wherever you like. It's just the same as a podcast. So they have uh, plenty of titles, not just Doctor Who, science and technology, science fiction, fantasy. They have it all covered. And I believe um, Ken has um, taken advantage of this and I did. I, I, I downloaded the Sensorites and listened to it. What's cool with the Doctor Who stuff is they have the books, well, technically books on tape or whatever I want to call it now, audio books, with like um, David Tennant and Catherine Tate and the different people that, that read a regular hardcover book. But they also have the missing stories or the classic stories that are narrated. So it's they call it dramatized on Audible. But it's, you know, the let's say 10th planet the original audio with the net linking narration and stuff. And that's what I, I got the sensor rights, even though I have the sensor rights on, you know, the actual episode, I just enjoy listening to the stuff. And, uh, it's, it's actually really a lot of fun. William Russell does the linking narration and he's a gem. So that was pretty cool. And it was the one thing I needed to complete my collection, but I su subscribe just the same because I know I'll, I'll probably wind up downloading some books because okay. I have, I'm not complete with my doctor who, well, for the benefit of our listeners, let's hear a little bit from the Sensorites. 
Oh, dear, dear, dear. What a tragedy, you know. She's only a few years older than Susan. Grandfather, let's go back to the TARDIS. Why? I don't know. I've got a feeling about this. Yes. I can sense something, too. You mean that whatever it was killed them could kill us? Chesterton, have you noticed anything about this watch? Ian looks at the girl's watch, and the doctor darts over to the man's body to inspect his watch, too. Ian comes over. Neither of them are working. These are the non-winding time. A movement of the wrist recharges the spring inside for 24 hours. Yes, and they've both stopped at about 3 o'clock. Yes, then suppose we say that they've only just stopped. Now, that would mean the last movement of their wrists would be at least 24 hours ago. Susan touches the man's hand. Grandfather, he's too warm. And they've only just died. It doesn't make sense, does it? But the facts are all here. I think it would be wise if we returned to the ship and left these people. There's nothing we can do for them. No, we can't even bury them. Come along, open the door, Susan. The four friends walk sadly over to the TARDIS, but the pilot suddenly sprawls across the controls. Mm. Ian grabs the doctor's arm. I said, stop beating, Doctor. He was dead. The man is pointing feebly. What do you want? Oh, um, yes, over there. Where, there? Behind you. Here? No, on the left. What, this? Yes, that. And there you have it, a little clip from the Sensorites. Uh, it's like William... deja vu all over again. <laughs> <laughs> a William Hartnell story, it, first Doctor story. There's nothing better than a William Hartnell fluff in the trailer for <laughs> William Hartnell. <Just> in... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. stuff. So that's something that that I use Audible for. That's that's why I, I subscribe. So. Well, mm. once again, yep. audiblepodcast.com slash podshock. Go there today for or... your free Audible book download or you can use the link on our website which yes. is uh podchock.net mm-hmm. absolutely Big banner from snazzy page. thank you yeah. once again audible.com and we'll be you back know- right after this hi this is mike tucker i'm the visual effects designer on series one and two of doctor who and you're listening to podshock presented by Outpost gallifrey You have heard us mention it before. If you love Doctor Who Podshock and you also love British science fiction, be sure to subscribe to our other podcast we do, The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. That's right. Ken, James, and myself team up as we do here in Doctor Who Podshock, but this time we paint with a much broader palette covering all British science fiction. Everything from Blake 7 to Torchwood to The Prisoner, UFO, Space 1999, The Thunderbirds, Tripods, Day of the Triffids, Sarah Jane Adventures, Red Dwarf, War of the Worlds, Tomorrow People, even Doctor Who, you name it. If it's British and it's science fiction, we try to cover it. Find it on iTunes or go to Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi.com or ArtTrap.com for show listings and RSS feeds. The Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. Welcome back to Doctor Who Podshock. Up next is an interview with author Chris McKean. We interviewed him at 
Gallifrey 20 in February 2009. So there's going to be some background ambiance there from the convention. We tried to find a little quiet corner to talk, but there's still going to be some background noise so to be expected at a convention. Chris is a co-author of Time's Champion. Time's Champion is a final Doctor Who novel by author Craig Hinton, who died suddenly in December 2006. The book has been completed by Chris McKeon from Craig's notes and unfinished material and published in memory of Craig and to raise money for the British Heart Foundation charity. Here with me is Chris McKeon, author of Time's Champion, and we're at Gallifrey 20 right now. We're doing, we found a little secluded place in this busy convention to sit down and talk to each other for a few minutes here for this interview. And first, I want to thank you, Chris, for taking some time out to uh, be on our show. Thank you for, for, for letting me be here and, uh, and uh, just keep having faith in me. Oh, well, you came highly recommended. Uh, your book has came out last summer, Time's Champion. Can you tell us a little bit about what your book is about? Yes. Um, in a nutshell, and I uh, just had a, it wasn't a huge emotional moment, but it was a slightly emotional moment for me. My voice shook a little when I got to meet Colin Baker. He's here, and for viewers that don't know, Colin Baker, the sixth doctor, is here at Gallifrey 20. And my, I, I had an emotional moment because my book, Time Champion, is a sixth doctor story. It is essentially it is the sixth doctor's regeneration story. For those that may not, um, well, for those that may have more uh, knowledge of Doctor beyond the Christopher Eccleston era, mm-hmm. let's just say the David Tennant era, sure. uh, who's the tenth doctor. Four doctors before this, you had Colin Baker, who was a doctor from about 1980 three or so through 87. And he had only a couple seasons on television. And he confirmed to me just now that it was his wish to be the longest serving doctor on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Baker, who was an early doctor, the fourth, had been around for seven years. And so he would have been around for at least eight years. So it shows the level of love and enthusiasm he yeah, had. Yeah. At the time of the series, which would be now the mid 80s, after he filmed a season stories, there was a lot of and I don't believe it was his fault. There's a lot of background strife between the, the producer and the script editor and such, and, and the controller of BBC One. And so the series was put on a hiatus in uh, February 27, 1985. For 18 months, no Doctor Who was produced. And so there were several scripts that were in the workings. And I'm giving this back history just as a sense of what, how this mm-hmm. book ties in. Sure. For 18 months, uh, no Doctor Who stories were filmed, although several scripts, which are only now being made into the Big Finish Audios for mm-hmm. all stories, I'll plug that uh, 25 years later, they were scrapped. And so we lost a lot of good stories, the story of the Celestial Toymaker, more stories of the Ice Warriors, and Sue, maybe the Autons. The point is, is that uh, we lost a season with Colin Baker. He was uh, brought back in 1986, still as the Doctor, with Nicola Brynas Perry, also here today. I haven't met her yet, but I will, I hope. And he had this story called The Trial of a Time Lord. This would be season 23 of the original series. That series uh, was essentially a metaphor for what was going on with Doctor Who at the time, which was that it was in trouble. Would it be canceled? Would it continue? Would it be the same? Was it, had it become too violent? That was a major criticism of the series at the time, violence uh, and such, uh, people's hands being crushed or blood actually on the screen. And the setup of the trial of the Time Lord was that the Doctor was placed on trial by his own people, the Time Lords, not on Gallifrey, but on a space station, a Time Lord space station. For those that know the books, it'd be Space Station Zenobia. And he, of course, there was a, a judge, like a woman named the Inquisitor, and uh, a jury, which should be a bunch of Time Lords. His prosecutor was a man named the Valeon. Mm-hmm. And the Valeon is his Time Lord, black robe, black and silver robe person. 
To make a long story short, three um, cases were developed. One in the doctor's recent past, one in his more or less present life when he'd be taken out of trial, and the one from his own future, which the doctor showed in his defense. In the end, the Valeyard was able to very carefully contradict the doctor. At the end of the story, a 14-part story in the last two episodes, the master, then played by Anthony Eden, came into the trial room and revealed that the Valeyard, it was all set up, it was all a big time world conspiracy, but the, the nutshell was Valeyard, the doctor's own prosecutor, was the doctor himself. The exact wording in the script is, the Valeyard is an amalgamation of the darker sides of the doctor's nature, somewhere between his 12th and final, presumably 13th, incarnation. So the Valeyard is not a, a, a separate doctor, although the original intent was that he was the 13th doctor, but they skidded that slightly and made him sort of a, a mixed-up evil version of the doctor from very far in his future. So far enough that even now, in 2008, 9 to 20, more than, a little more than 22 years later, we still haven't come near that. What is Time's Champion about? That's the back history. The final bit of back history is that the Doctor and the Valiot had a tussle in the Matrix. The Valiot seemed to die, but it turns out he was, um, he had disguised himself as the Keeper of the Matrix, which is the Matrix's controller, essentially. Um, and that was it. When the series came back in 1987, tying in with the, what I feel is the sad injustice of what happened to Colin Baker, a man who wanted to be in the Doctor, Doctor C for at least eight years, mm -hmm. he was uh, fired. Uh, they felt that they would continue the series. So he was saved. Exonerated, but the, but his doctor was fired, and so this McCoy came. I don't blame Sylvester McCoy. I loved his doctor too. But um, so his doctor in the very next story, Time in the Ronnie for season twenty-four, just regenerated, and the back history brought up in books. And, and actually, on screen is that he hit his head on the console. The doctors died from such worse things, <laughs> and that allowed many of the writers to start to say, "Okay, old age, murder by the time <coughs> extreme radiation, broken back and falling from a mile in the sky." And, and, and a, a deadly, deadly, deadly virus. And then a bump on the head, and it just regenerates. Did he have a cold or something and sneeze? Mm. The point is, is that it was a very weak regeneration, just what we want to get rid of health. Mm. My story essentially is the regeneration story for the sixth doctor. After all, that, after all that I've said, mm. it's a regeneration story for the sixth doctor, and it was released on July 21st of last year. And it essentially is about 50 years after the trial. Now he's with Mel, the redhead. Played by a wonderful Bonnie Langford, who thanked me for writing the story, and I was grateful for that. And um, the story simply says about 50 years later, there's a huge cosmic war amongst the Guardians and uh, the Eternals. You will have heard of that for those who only know the new series. You will have heard in uh, the Shakespeare Code or Doomsday, or I should say the um, Army of Ghosts. The Eternals mentioned, they're an ancient race. Uh, you have a war in heaven, essentially, it's called the Breakdown, and these certain specific uh, beings want to save the universe as best as possible, so they choose certain champions in the universe, and, the, and, uh, and uh, there are six of them, and one of them is Time's Champion, hence the name of the book. But in the course of the story, there are several people trying to become champions, and one of these people, as you will find out, is the Valet, and the Valet gets sucked into this situation when the Matrix is attacked on Galaxy. And for those that haven't read the book, I won't go into, well, I perhaps will go into detail if you're, if I'm, if I'm permitted in further questions. This is just the basic rundown. And I say that because by now the book is out of print, and it may not be in print again. So I can, I suppose, I imagine I can't give spoilers. Essentially, it's just in the end the Sixth Doctor and Valeyard um, um, rematch story. You find out who the Valeyard is. You find out where he comes from. Who created him? Is he really a dark future Doctor? Uh, and is he really a Doctor? And ultimately, it is the Sixth Doctor's regeneration story, and it's not a bang on the head. 
uh, and it's, and it's how the doctor comes to terms with his dark future and is it towards the dark. And so I hope that answers your question there. But that's the situation. What oh. Well, now you had mentioned it's out of print. Does, uh, is it still available? Can uh, listeners uh, find it elsewhere, uh, Amazon or in um, bookstores? Or? Very good question. Um, yes, but not through the places that you described. Mm -hmm. um, and I will explain it in this way. Um, the story is a book for charity. And so it's, I'm not receiving any money. And so it won't be available through um, retail bookstores. Mm -hmm. When it was in print, we went through three printings, it was available through um, a website that David J. Howe, my editor from Telos Publishing, mm -hmm. was gracious enough to help me with this. He set up this website uh, for the blogs called www.timeschampion.co.uk. That website is still available, and I kind of set it up as a, as a, as a journal of my, of my writing, of what I was doing, and it stretches back to December of 2007, and it's continuing even today, and I probably will modify it in some way, because I will keep it going. Um, it was available for ordering through there, through there, and it, you could pay through PayPal, and the all money would go to the British Heart Foundation. I'll uh, explain perhaps a little farther down why that particular charity. But since um, there were limited copies, they've all been sold. Even today, David J. Howe and I, um, we sold off the last five or six copies that he had with him. That doesn't mean that no one will ever be able to read copies um, that haven't, hasn't purchased one. There are some left at uh, David's house, and he will sell off those he told me perhaps on eBay, perhaps not, but he will sell off the remaining copies. But it's no longer available through the website. It's now, uh, it's now, not to make it sound harsh, but it's now anyone that wants to read it, it's their responsibility to go out and find it. Mm -hmm. I wish it weren't the case, but that is the situation at this time. So it's, it's, it's a rare book. We have a few copies left. All right. Well, we encourage you all to um, find copies maybe at conventions such as, as uh, Gallifrey 20. You might find it in the dealer's room. You or... might at this point. It, but uh, again, if it, if it would, if it's going off of today, it would be about ten dollars, uh, and that money will, you will be sure it will go to, to this charity. So um, it would be going to a, very, to a good cause. Mm -hmm. Very good. Now, <clears throat> what brought you to, uh, how, what's your background as far as um, when did you discover Doctor Obviously, you have a passion for it. Yes. So, um, uh, did you, what was your, what was your introduction to Doctor Who? I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan. I, um, as you can tell perhaps by my voice, uh, I am an American, um, but I come uh, from just my own unique background. I suppose I have a, a voice that perhaps would fit well with, with Doctor Who. People often ask me where I'm from. They might not believe me when I say that I am local here. I, this is, we're in Los Angeles, California, and I live about uh, 15 minutes away. Um, but I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan through PBS. Mm -hmm. I believe the first Doctor I probably ever watched was John Pertwee. But since all the episodes were done, this is many years after the whole the original series ended, every week I didn't have to wait. Mm -hmm. uh, I could just watch John Pertwee to Tom Baker to Peter Davis to Colin Baker to Russell McCoy. The first two Doctors, I still haven't seen much of William Hartnell's episodes, a few. But I have a particular affinity to Patrick Trout. You can't see me, and my hair is not in the way that I'm about to describe it. It's dark and black hair and relatively short, but when I was much younger, I wasn't not too long ago. It was a kind of like a Beatles haircut, you know, mm -hmm. the Beatles. It was like bull haircut, and that matches Patrick Trapps. When I sure. first saw him, I think in Three Doctors, mm -hmm. I kind of had this very childish, child, not childish, but childlike moment of, oh, he looks like me, and so I connected <laughs> with him because I was able the way to imagine myself sure. as the second Doctor. Yeah, and I really loved his the way he was. I loved all of them, but I connected with him on that level. I won't say that I have a favorite Doctor, but um, but uh, he was he's very special to me. Uh, it's a shame that I never was able to meet him. 
And obviously Colin Baker. Colin Baker, absolutely. Yes. So I, I would imagine that the two doctors story is probably one of your favorites. You know, when I heard it, when I, I knew there was a three doctors and five doctors and two doctors. When I, but I only saw the title, two doctors. And the, through a mistake in the printing, the no joke, of the, of, the, of the magazine, which I saw, it said Cotton Hunt 1965. <laughs> and so I thought that it was a, now, a predating yeah. uh, a, a multi story from mm -hmm. the three doctors. And so I, find, I found a, a video cassette of and I, and I just saw the spine, two doctors. I turned around, okay, first and second doctors, second doctors, six. <laughs> and I only knew multi-doc stories from all the doctors around, so here's this very atypical, odd, a bit, I won't go into it, but a very odd duck, and I will sum it up with the words season 6B. Mm -hmm. Very odd uh, multi-doc story, but yes, that's a very special story too, because two of my doctors that I have in terms of the looks, and I don't look like Pat Chapman, I'm much, much taller, and, um, and uh, I don't look like Mm. But uh, but uh, just to have these doctors meet, uh, even before I got interested in time detective. But I'm just a lifelong Doctor Who fan, and I've been involved, um, not involved in conventions too much until recently. But first time they let me in the green room. Oh, so that's I great. Partial guests, but um, well, it's sort of a two doctors reunion here. We have um, we have Nicola Bryant, Colin Baker, yes. and uh, Fraser Hines. Fraser Hines, and um, yes, and it's bad when we don't have Patrick Trapp. He's died in nineteen eighty-seven. Almost to the day now. 1986. Is it 86? Yeah. Uh, forgive me. Yes, you're right. Or, or was it 80, no, actually it was 87. Oh. <clears throat> 87. Then around that time. Yeah. Um, I think just after his birthday, I think he celebrated his birthday. Yeah. Convention. yeah. I can't imagine what that would have been like. To wake up, you know, for the fans. Um, but yes, um, so, so I'm, I've just been in the doctor for a very long time. And for me personally, if, if I'm not going to assume your next question will be, how did I get involved with Times Champion? But in, just in the sense that when I found out about what happened to Colin Baker, we discussed that, I just caught on fire with kind of a, I won't quite say enraged, no, but a, but a sense of injustice. This was a doctor whose life was broken up, mm -hmm. and we never got to see the full of it. I think it's only now that we're starting to really, even after doing Doctor Who, audience for 10 years, we finished, we're starting to see his whole life get, uh, get kind of fleshed out. Mm -hmm. And for the last eight to 10 years, I just, uh, when I found out about the, what the Valerian was, I learned about the trial. I didn't, somehow I missed it on television. When I found it watched, I just, it just all coupled together a sense of injustice, mm -hmm. incomplete injustice. Something has to be done. And so that's how I got involved in that respect. But uh, that's, that's how I got involved. Very good. So I want to thank you for taking some time out here. Uh, we're at the Gallifrey 20 convention. I'm very grateful that, that you're a guest here. And before, before you. Before we leave, um, I would like to say one thing that I haven't mentioned. Um, none of this would have been possible. Of course, with David, without David J. Howe as my editor, I would also mention Simon Guerrier, who um, offered, was the first person to offer to me the opportunity to publish the book, to Big Finish. Uh, that wasn't able to happen, but I will mention it always. But of course, the person I have to mention that um, without question was Craig Hinton. I will briefly say he was the beloved author who died December 3, 2006, Times Champion. The first chapter and the very basic plot was originally his idea. Um, I, uh, because people have asked me this question, how much of the book is mine? It is almost all mine, plot and writing. But the basic idea was originally his. He was uh, unable to see it published in his lifetime. But I will always thank Craig for giving me the opportunity through his generosity that this, any of this is possible. And hopefully, my future as a Doctor Who writer is due to him. So I, thank you. Um, have you had a chance to meet Colin Baker yet? I have, and I. Uh, and uh, if I may say, for anyone who has met him, he is wonderful. And for those that haven't, he, as, 
what I said was the emotional moment was um, he seemed very, I'm not trying to uh, put emotions into his face, but when I told him that I felt it, that I was grateful, and I might get emotional now, that he was so good not to be bitter yes. about how he was treated, mm -hmm. but to come here to do well, finish audios yeah. and to come here. I thanked him for that, and what I said to him was that he was as nice as I thought he would be. And so, yes, I have. I haven't uh, had a chance to get a picture with him. Or, I signed the copies of Time Champion for anybody that has it. I would like him to sign mine. Mm -hmm. It's hard to sign your own book. But, um, <laughs> I, so I'm not done meeting him, but I have seen him. On a personal note, I was um, privileged enough to uh, meet Colin Baker while he was um, still relatively new as the doctor in the role, and uh, where he was very enthusiastic. And he did, he was at a convention in Pennsylvania where he did make it very clear that he was going to be there for at least eight years. That he was that enthusiastic about it. That he and it's just such a tragedy what had happened with him. As a bookend to that, I was there. Or I was I had seen him again in '87, just when uh, this all came about with um, you know departure from the series. His, and but he was at a convention, and once again he was there, even though. He could have bowed out. He f fulfilled his obligation of being there, and um, and 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 spoke very candidly at the time about his situation. So yes. he's a he's a good person. Yes, and I, I may say that uh, 22 years later, uh, you can hold his head high and uh, say that perhaps, uh, although several other people, are, several of the, the doctors, are working just as hard and doing just as well, he can perhaps hold his head high now and say that he has perhaps served as the longest doctor. Yes, and he's done a great job in uh, the Big Finish audio dramas. Yes, he's carried on. Uh, many people that may have not grabbed a hold of him as the doctor in his television reign has now warmed up to him or, or embraced him in the in the radio in the Big Finish audio dramas rather. Yes, and on a note, for, as a plug for those that will be reading, um, listening, and those uh, stories that were um, that were made that were scrapped that I mentioned in 1985 are finally being, some of them at least are finally being made, and so we will see. Just about every, every hole is all being filled up. That's fantastic. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you taking time and being on the show. Thank you, sir. And we're back on Doctor Who Podshock. Ken Deep and Louis Trapani and James Norton rocking and rolling and riding along. And so uh, we have a couple convention things to talk about. I, I led off the podcast talking about Chicago TARDIS, but I did not make the uh, the announcement that uh, there was a bit of a change on the Hurricane Who party. Now, they have a, a Bon Voyage party. It's sponsored by Hurricane Who, which is not until Halloween weekend of, of 2009. But they have parties throughout the course of the year to raise money and awareness and things like that. And they're having a Bon Voyage party for the Sci-Fi Sea Cruise. And this year they have Fraser Hines and John Leeson, the voice of canine amongst many other uh, parts richard franklin was supposed to be there but he had to bow out so um in his stead they have laura donnington now who was in some of the big finish audios this new key to time series that peter davison is involved in so that's also the date was moved and that's happening saturday april 11th 2009 uh probably the night that planet of the dead is going out 6 p.m to 11 p.m it's at the Cricketers arms pub in Orlando, Florida, and you can always follow follow the link on the Podshock website for uh, Hurricane Who, and that will give you more details on that. But I wanted to make a quick 
mention of that because they they did make some changes. They moved the date and they changed one of the guests. But that's pretty cool. Get a chance to see Fraser Hines and John Leeson down at the Bon Voyage party mm. over Easter weekend. Well, oh, yes, you were going to say that. I was going to say, speaking of conventions, there was a convention in Sydney, Australia, which um, we had some, um, as you would say, some boots on the on the ground for that. With, well, these were probably high-heeled boots. Yes. <laughs> boots nonetheless, uh, though. Yeah. Uh, Eugenia and uh, Jerry, and mm-hmm. together they make up GE News Women Talk Sci-Fi. You can find them at genews-ezine.com. And, and their link is also on our website in the in the mm-hmm. web resources. They're uh, wonderful ladies who were actually inspired by Podshock, because we kept saying there are not enough female fans out there who are active. And they said, no, no, we are, we are. And they created an e-zine, a wonderful e-zine. And if you're not aware of that, of course, hit their website. They did cover a convention just recently, and so this is their report on it. Yes, so take it away. Hi, Lewis, Ken, and James. This is Eugenia from GE News, Women Talk Sci-Fi. Yesterday I had the pleasure of attending the Dr. Down Undercon in Sydney, Australia. I live in Adelaide and so it was a two-hour plane flight to get to Sydney to um, see these two people who were the guests at the Doctor Who Con. In Australia we don't um, get an opportunity to meet very many Doctor Who guests um, along with America. so it was quite exciting that not only did we have Mark Strickson, who played Turlow, the companion of the Fifth Doctor, but we also had Peter Davison, the Fifth Doctor, as part of the con. Already I know I've been listening to your podcast and I've heard you talking about Peter Davison and I heard the interview that you did with him and I agree, he's a really lovely man. And certainly on stage he was terrific with the guests. We have very small cons here in Adelaide and also here in Australia. Our average attendance would be about 200 people, so you can imagine that this was quite an intimate affair. It meant that people could actually get really close to the guests and have time to speak with the guests. And I had the opportunity to speak for quite a while with Mark Strickson, who is a really funny guy. Um, He also was terrific on stage. He um, has the ability to take great, tell great stories and uh, certainly is very passionate about his time on Doctor Who and um, also filled us in on the work that he's doing now, which is actually producing wildlife documentaries in New Zealand. And from what I can gather, it's really hard work and he expends not only mind energy but um, physical energy to get these programs across. But he was an absolute hoot on stage. and had a great rapport with everyone. Peter Davison was the same. On stage, it was just wonderful. And the stories they told, because at one stage, both of them were there, um, was fantastic. And the the rapport that um, these two guests have with their fans is excellent. So after two hours um, of listening to them, one hour with Mark and one hour with Peter, we then had the opportunity to get their autographs and line up for that, which again was a very pleasant affair. And so you had your 10, 15, 30 seconds with the guests to be able to speak to them. I also took the opportunity to have my photo taken with them, which is um, quite a pleasure and in 
certainly in Australia we can do that because there aren't so many people that come to the cons. So it's just a, a really great feeling. I've come back to Adelaide, which is a two-hour plane flight, um, totally exhausted, but really happy about the experience of meeting these two people. Um, I've now had the pleasure of meeting three doctors, because I've also met um, Colin Baker and Sylvester McCoy. So it was really terrific to be able to have a third doctor to my list. So thanks, Podshock, for letting me rave on. And uh, I'll certainly keep you informed if there's anything else that happens in the Doctor Who line here down under. Bye for now. Very, very cool. Yeah, very cool indeed. An awesome report and, uh, and, and nice to know that we're we're inspiring some people. I, I they also um, Eugenia mentioned in her email um, that the, this audio report was attached to that the ladies are starting their own podcast. So. Yes, it's called Women Talk Sci-Fi. Pretty cool. We'll be and looking that's forward sci-fi, to sci-fi, not sci-fi. Sci-fi. No, not sci-fi. No, no, no. They'll actually be, they'll actually be talking sci-fi while other people are talking sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, well, let's uh, rename our channel sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> we should rename our show Pudchuk or something along that yeah. line. Hitchhiker's Guide to British Siffy. Yeah, it doesn't quite <laughs> yeah. work, what, does it? What, was rubbish taken already? I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I wonder if they're going to... Um, I, I think that there is a UK version of the sci-fi channel, although I don't have it. Um, we're, we're trying to get away... We're trying to get away from um, the stigma of like sci-fi geeks. But that's what yeah, it comes down to. Yeah, and ESPN is running from sports fans. Mm. What are you retarded? Yeah. yeah. No, that's an insult to retarded people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, clearly maybe we should get down off our high horses and see no, what else we've got in there. It's just doesn't make sense i know it doesn't ken i think i think that I know, every I single know. one of us in our listeners i'm like i'm getting all bent out of shape calm down calm well down. at least now they're not pretending to be sci-fi and just shoveling out rubbish, yeah and show know? wrestling for heaven's <laughs> sake now we can show don't, liar don't liar and... you're getting me up there now i'm i'm climbing back up on the horse and you know i don't even watch the sci-fi <laughs> chat or siffy or Syphilis or whatever you want Siffy, to call it. It's all Paul Hogan movies. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how's that different than today? <laughs> Crikey, hey. Yeah. Right, okay, so. so let's um that was our report and around the convention horn, so to speak. Mm. Why don't we um why don't we do some feedback? All right, so we've uh, James was lovely enough that in our last episode did a great call out for our Doctor Who public call box. So we've gotten some um, some people actually calling in well, to our public call box. Some people calling in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, Which, one, one thing I, I have to say that that's really um, very humbling. Every time we do something like this, when we do a call out. We get responses. I, I did a call out a couple podchocks ago for writers, and boy, did people I have listen. responses. And James put a, a call out for people to call the public call box, and he got responses. I and did. You can do so by calling 206 600 6517. Once again, that's 206 
600-6517. That's the Doctor Who Podshock public call box. It's a U.S. number, and it will basically it's a voicemail mailbox, and you just go and you'll be uh, get this introductory um, message, and then you just leave your message there, and that will be um, a candidate for us to um, include in the future Doctor Who Podshock episode as feedback. So if you have something in mind, you don't have any audio equipment to record it yourselves. Of course, we if you do have a microphone and you can, you know, put together an MP3 file or any other audio format, send it over to feedback at pachak.net and that will come to us as well. And um, we'll include that in the show, too. And you'll get probably better audio quality as well. But, you know, we'll take um, whatever we can get as far as the, the call box or even <laughs> if you want to send a text email, we welcome your feedback. Yes. Feedback at podshock.net, of course, the most common way, actually, because people just email. So. And, and just also on the subject of um, audio feedback, I know in the past, and, and it still does exist, and you still can do it, but for some reason there's some sort of technical problem right now, with, at least um, for this episode of Skype. I mean, for this episode that we had with Skype, is um, we were unable to play. We had a few feedback messages um, that was sent to us via Skype, and for some reason they um, Skype wasn't allowing us to hear what it was. So if you did send us any audio feedback within the last couple of months via Skype, please um, resend it to either our call box or email it to us directly because we were unable to play it, and we're not ignoring you. We're just we're unable to retrieve it from Skype for some reason. When we go to play it, it wasn't Skype wasn't giving it to us. So speaking for Lewis and James, and of course myself, we really do appreciate it when people either call or email or send smoke signals or one of the many means of communicating with us, even if we don't always get back to people as quickly as we can or get their name out on the air or whatever, we do really appreciate it. Um, we don't get paid for doing a podcast. We do this purely for love. And so when we hear people's feedback and we have everything from wonderful things about, Hey, really love the show to genuine constructive criticism. We, we love it. And we appreciate it. We appreciate that someone takes the time and effort out to communicate with us. So, uh, again, sincerely, thank you very much, even if we, we don't get a chance. To, and, and as Lewis just said, he, he had a technical issue, and that's we're not ignoring those people. We, we simply just – it's not um, it's not something we're able to even put out there. But you know that we got it, and we attempted to listen to it, and, and it was important to yeah, us. Just, and, uh, again, if you sent any of us – there were three messages there. If you sent something to us uh, within the last couple of months via Skype – just um, send it to us again, either, I don't recommend Skype right now until this is resolved, but uh, either do it, to the, you know, do it through our public call box number, or if you can record it on your own and email it to us, even better. So you, you, someone could send an MP3, right, into yes, feedback at podchock.net? Exactly. I mean, there you go. Or, or, any, you or know, any a WAV file, an AIF file, doesn't, and doesn't necessarily have to be MP3. MP3 would be best you know, suited for email, but it, you know, whatever you can do. It doesn't have to be. Okay. So, um, and, and, and before you start, too, I, I wanted to mm -hmm. backtrack to something I mentioned before. Thanks, everybody, who participated in, when I called out for, for people to, to do writing. Uh, it was fantastic reading everybody's um, um, submissions and samples and things like that. I, I really do appreciate it, and I'm keeping it filed away because I have some, some things in mind. But uh, just to let everybody know, uh, I, I've picked somebody. So, um, yeah. All right, very good. All right, well, this is... Um uh, from the from the Doctor Who public call box, and we'll comment. You're on this. the air. Hello. 
Hello, this is Rem. I'm calling to say that I absolutely love Podshock. I've been listening to you guys for a while now, pretty much since I started Doctor Who, which isn't that long ago, actually. But um, I'm calling to say that thank you so much for the John Levine interviews. He was absolutely fantastic to listen to. He was absolutely adorable. He's the kind of guy, like, I'm sitting there and I'm listening to him, and I just want to give him a hug and some cookies. That's how awesome he is. So um, if you get a chance to interview him again, please, please, please do so. Those long interviews are so much fun to listen to, especially when he has so much to tell you about. And I'm not just Doctor Who, but his life in general. Um, I'm also calling to say that in terms of Matt Smith, because you guys were talking about this on the last show a little bit, I personally cannot wait to see Matt Smith. The fact is, I think he's going to have a ton of energy about him and a ton of just life that he's going to bring. Not that David Tennant doesn't have life, because I love David Tennant. I have a fan crush on him, and I think even people who aren't Doctor Who fans have fan crushes on him. But um, I really, really think Matt Smith's going to do absolutely fantastic, and I can't wait to see it. So, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. I'm also joining one of the millions, or, well, maybe not millions, a couple thousand, touting Netflix. For all you people who have the opportunity to get Netflix, just for the instant downloads alone when it comes to Doctor Who, I don't think I would have been able to see most of what I've seen so far without it. And it's a really good, just great thing to use if you have the money, which isn't that much, 10 bucks a month, and you can pretty much watch all of Doctor Who, uh, new series and old series alike. Um, so yeah, sounding like an advertisement here. They don't pay me either. God, I should get some royalties off this. So yeah. Anyways, unfortunately, I missed you guys at Gallifrey this year. I really, really wanted to go, and I just couldn't. And it's so sad because I only live like 50 miles from LA. Um, hopefully, I can see you guys live at Gallifrey 21 next year. Yay! I'll be the crazy girl walking around with a scarf who just kind of looks shaky. That's just how I am. Um. Hope you guys have a fantastic week, and I'll be listening. Bye. Cool. Thanks, Rem. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you at Gallifrey 21. You feel free to join us at Champions for a meet and greet. And uh, and I agree. I'm I'm very psyched up about Matt Smith, and I have to say that I too cannot get enough of John Levine, and he's a friend we've of the show. And... So much feedback on the John Levine interviews. We've done uh, lots of interviews with lots of people, you know, connected with Doctor Who over the years. But I have to say, we we get a lot of responses with energy. John Levine. Yeah, and and what's what's really spectacular about the man is that uh, he has a, a great recollection for stories that kind of date back into the 70s now. And we've asked him, you know, and, and, and we, this was a pretty spontaneous interview that we did at Gallifrey. We just sat down at a table in the middle of the hall and, and started an interview. But we had asked him um, after we did our last official, official interview, like studio interview, uh, could we sit down and pick a story and just pick your brain about that one story, almost like a commentary would be on a DVD? And he said, absolutely, I'll I'll dig through my notes and things. So we still have that on deck. That's something we, we want to do. You know, we just pick a, a story that Benton, Benton was in and let him really get in depth about the day-to-day goings-on. What, what was it like to get up that morning? Where'd they stay? They stay in a hotel, an inn? What do they do? Did you have to get up early in the morning? Did you have to get up late at night? Like, really get into the the nitty-gritty of what it was like in the 70s, in the Pertwee era, to get up and go to work and work on Doctor Who. Mm. 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 
Well, all right. We're going to continue along. We have This is a very short, short piece of feedback, um, and I'm sure Ken will appreciate this one. Howdy, guys. I just drove past the hair hut and thought <laughs> of you. Bye. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Although I've, I've given up my... I've given up all radio broadcasting, and I'm strictly on Podshock now. Podshock's my well, that and and Hitchhiker's Guide to British Sci-Fi. Well, yeah, but you know, (laughs) that's like being on Torchwood and Doctor Who. It's this, you know, it's It's our Torchwood. (laughs) You heard it here first. But but the show lives on. Actually, Uh, I've handed the show off to another DJ and who's been doing it for almost two years now and quite successfully. So it's nice. For those that don't know, that's your radio show that you that you had done. Used to be my radio show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, it's just nice. I, I, I feel I feel like William Hartnell. I've handed it off to Patrick Trouton for the show to continue. It's re- someone. It, my character's regenerated. <laughs> you know, I was a little disappointed that I didn't get more of a reaction to Chris's theory of James Bond being a Time Lord. And now that I've said that, of course, I'll I'll get some reaction. To well, it. Okay. <laughs> emails, but, please. Well, but, I mean, was, no no was disrespect cool. to Chris, but that it's that's been you know pondered about in fan circles before so it's um it's been out there in a sense interesting well, nonetheless. and movie about it yes okay well that's um something that chris can do okay all right we're going to change things up we got another piece of um this is again audio feedback but not from the public call box but from um just that was sent to us via email and this is a a bit of a mystery caller if you will and here it is. hello james ken lewis um, started listening to the show in the last month and started listening to some of the very first episodes. In fact, one thing I noticed on the first few is when I took out one of my new pieces, I lost half the conversation because it was just coming out of one side. And obviously, the issue talk, I think it was James was talking on the opposite side, coming out of that side. But at least the latest editions are good where it's coming from both. So it's easy to take over from your pieces, especially listening in work while I'm actually working away. Um, I've just, one thing I was a little disappointed is that some of the old episodes have been deleted. I would have liked to listen to the whole lot, especially on those episodes in the 130 to 140 have been released, especially when they're quite new, which is a big pity. Um, I've just finished listening, watching The Five Doctors, which sounds good. Um, one thing I noticed a kind of comparison when the Time Lords were talking to the Master and chanting him for a transport device, they used the term transmash back. Which I noticed in Bad Wolf, they talk about the trans smash beam, which is an interesting comparison. Um, also, for the first Doctor, when you look in the close-up, I actually noticed that was that the Doctor looks different. And I realised, like, at least after, that was a different actor, because when he had, had died at the time, and they needed to get someone. And it's a pity Colin Baker didn't take more of a part in it. I've made the story a bit more interesting. Um, also, talking about my DVD, uh, when I first 
went for Doctor Who DVDs of the old series. I had a whole lot of choice, but uh, instead of buying one then, I went over and asked if they had the very first story. This is just before the beginning box set came out, which was actually both the first DVD set I got. I just waited for the actual box set to come out, because it was out at the time. Which is, I think was a bit more interesting. Cuff, as I said, Cuff selecting Doctor, but it was more interesting the very first story. And, when I was younger, since my parents went in sci-fi, around time Doctor Who's on, were more like tea time in the dining room watching TV, but it's rushed to have Doctor Who on. I think I might have watched one episode, which is probably, from the description I can get, I have to guess that was the trial of the Time Lord, where the Doctor's being judged, kind of, which is... And, but I did see the TV movie with Paul McGann, and I was hoping for series that I could get more into the Doctor Who, and I started watching the new Doctor Adventures on BBC One. Well, since we got here in Ireland, so I'm able to watch them. But one thing I was both series three, I think, was um, last TV station TV Three started showing the first series, but it was at the same time as the third series. So I decided not to watch it on that, since I've already seen the first series by that time and just continue watching the Thursdays, especially not to miss the new episodes. Um, that's all for now. But if you, uh, you're wondering who I am, well, you just have to listen to more of my feedback to find out. All right, well, we'll have to uh, keep on listening. That's mm. our mystery mystery feedbacker. But what's mystery. even more mysterious is um, I'm not sure what he was saying in the beginning there where he said there were missing episodes. I, I When I first heard it, I was um, naturally assumed he was talking about Doctor Who missing episodes, but there shouldn't be any missing Doctor Who Pachak episodes, you know, as far as he was, um, you know, indicating. But but going back to the stereo, um, originally we were doing, we had a more, I mean, we're still in stereo today, but we had a more stereo mix where... Ken was on one side, I was on the other side, and James was in the middle, sort of thing. And just uh, like in real life, just mm. like in real life, yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the, some people do listen to us at work. One person had emailed us saying that they, they listen to us discreetly at work with one earbud in one ear, so they were only hearing <laughs> heard, half the conversation. Half the conversation. <laughs> so now it's more of an equal mix, so that everyone can hear. You know, if you are just if you're one of those people that are listening to Doctor Who Podshock discreetly at their desk with one earbud in their ear, <laughs> you can hear the whole conversation. So um, I and know that that is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, so good stuff. Yeah, you covered lots of stuff there. So um, I'm great that you know people um, whoever you are, you're listening in Ireland. There, it's um. It's also amazing that when people discover the podcast now in 2009 and they'll say, oh, I've been listening since episode one. And, I, you know, that's what, four years ago now? I'm like, geez, what did I say? <laughs> it's all <laughs> I said that. <laughs> it's unbelievable listening um, back. 
I yeah, and because just as as a host, it's not our habit to go back and say, you know what, I really need to listen to episode fourteen again. It it's just not something you do. Usually, if you listen to, if you're on a podcast, you usually listen to it perhaps when it first comes out, just because you're curious to see, oh, was was the quality in this thing the way I thought it was going to be, or or what were we talking about, or something, you know, some some reason to to critique your own um, podcast immediately after it comes out but usually once it's out it's it's out yeah and um so it's interesting when you hear people say oh i've been listening to since episode one or, or i just went back i just discovered you and i started listening at episode one and i'm like no <laughs> yeah especially that episode one which was uh pretty painful for <laughs> i i you know painful for us to listen to because we were dealing with some audio feedback in our headphones and it was very distracting and well, whatever. I'm not going to apologize for episode one any further until <laughs> until we record our next episode. <laughs> Stone knives and bearskin, seriously. Um, but I, I, funnily enough, I do have that on on my uh, iPod, and it comes on shuffle occasionally, and I have to skip it. <laughs> well, gotta, there's in iTunes, you can mark off what you want to be in shuffle or not shuffled. So I know, I know, but uh, <laughs> you it, it, yeah, I just have I just have for posterity. That's you know, aside from the latest episode, that's the only other episode of Podshock that I have in there, just because it's nice to listen to whenever I need a laugh every, you know, once in a while. <laughs> oh, amongst amongst other things. Uh, yeah, oh dear. But it's all Lewis, good. can I read this Facebook email? I don't know. Can you? Here it is from uh, from Jared Cooper. He's the, the gentleman who puts together the um, Hurricane Who, which is happening in late October in Orlando, Florida. You know, I just mentioned a few minutes ago on the podcast about the having the Bon Voyage party. And what he would like to do is he would like to give away, and if you made it through this far into the podcast, you should be rewarded in some way. As a special treat for Podshock listeners, we are willing to give away 20 tickets to Podshock listeners who have never attended a Hurricane Who event before. And this would be for their Bon Voyage party. And all they have to do when ordering tickets to the Bon Voyage party on the Hurricane Who website is use the discount code PODSHOCK. So if you're one of the first 20 people, you'll get complimentary tickets courtesy of Hurricane Who and PODSHOCK. How about that? That is awesome. Thank you very much, Jared. You're a top, top man, I have to Jared say. Jared and, and the whole crew down there at, at um, Hurricane Who and Sci-Fi Sea Cruise as well who are, mm. uh, are working this out for for a wonderful Easter Sunday weekend. So Although that's, that's going to be on the Saturday, yes. Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, Saturday, April 11th, at um, it's uh, John Leeson, Fraser Hines, and Laura Doddington mm-hmm. as guests. Yep. So, um, yeah, the first 20 people, so everybody's rushing over to the website right now and dialing it in um, super-duper fast. If you use the discount code PODSHOCK, the first 20 people will get the tickets on the house, courtesy of Hurricane Who. And the location for this uh, Bon Voyage party, Saturday, April 11th, 2009, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, is Cricketeers Arms Pub 5250 North International Drive in Orlando, Florida. And I would ask, please, if you're in the area and planning to go to use this, don't don't be from, like, Anchorage, Alaska, and say, well, I'm just going to grab a free ticket. That would that would be very weeny. So be from, from the area and go. And, and you know what? File a report. Use the public call box. Let us know what's going on. 
That would be awesome. Mm. Show mm. some Podshock pride. Wear your Podshock gear. That'd be cool too. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get everybody in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all excited now. I, like, I know I like at least twenty people will be Podshock side. listeners there. <laughs> good show. Good show. Last piece of um, audio feedback from our public call box is um, what follows. Hey, this is Gone from Cold Spring, Kentucky, and uh, long-time Doctor Who fan. Uh, just recently started uh, getting the Podshock on my iPod. Noticed in Podshock 143 when you were discussing the theme, uh, series and the returning uh, monsters and villains. Of course, mentioned the Daleks in Season 1, Cybermen Season 2, uh, Masters Season 3, and Bontar in Season 4. Left out the macra in season three, of course. But I uh, just wanted to be an extra geek and point that out. But uh, appreciate what it is that you guys do. And, uh, not a lot of hoodians around out here in Cold Spring, Kentucky. But uh, listening to you guys gives me it. All right. Uh, were you guys able to hear that? Yes. Yes. Okay. But he said it gives me a, and then it stopped. Is that? Do you yeah, fill in think- what it gives him? Tingles, chills. I, that's the end of end of line. Oh. <laughs> it's it's that's all that. That's all that was there. <laughs> okay, cool. And mm-hmm. uh, and I've said this now for a few podcasts, and I continue to send out the call out for you. If you're in a local fan group, no matter what area, as you heard on this piece of feedback, um, there are other people who are into Doctor Who. So if you're in a group, feel free to email us feedback at Podshock. .net and make us aware of what events you have going on in your local group. Be more than happy to read it out and talk about it a little bit and shine some light on it because there are other people in your area who are also Doctor Who fans that I'm sure would, would love to get a chance to meet up. Mm. Great. And um, once again, thanks to Hurricane Who for the offer for those uh, free um, passes for the Hurricane Who Bon Voyage party. Sounds are you exciting. going? Am I going? Yes. Uh, if you're paying my way, yes. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> feel the love, feel the love. I have trouble paying for a salad these days, much less <laughs> flying you to Orlando. Mm. <laughs> no, I, I at one point I was thinking that I might be able to make it down, but um, um, I think I'd rather. I'm trying to save up to go to the actual Hurricane Who. I, I think that's probably the way to go. All right. Well, all right. Well, that was exciting. Yes. What a, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't exactly the reaction I was hoping for. Lewis is like crickets. <laughs> oh, deed, boy. Deed, deed, deed. Well, I'm oh, excited. Well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't just, I can't hide it. <laughs> He's about to lose control. I think he likes okay. it. That's, that's um, what what else do we have? Any more that, audio that, feedback? That rounds out the audio feedback for this episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You know what? If you've made it this far, you deserve to get a free ticket to the Bon Voyage party. Indeed. indeed. <laughs> that literally came in at the very end of our recording. So that's uh, Yeah, it, 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 we were talking about it, and I, and I read the announcement about the guest change. And then on Facebook, Jared sends us a message saying, we've got 20 tickets to give away. He, he must be psychic because he knew that we were recording. 
Well, I, I didn't tell them we. I, I had tweeted that before we oh. began that I was it was time to make the donuts. Hence, I was recording, and my tweets get um the, the ones that Your aren't directed are to other people. They also mirrored on Facebook as well. So. <clears throat> okay, so so there was a, a leak of information. Hey, that's now what we know Twitter's what all about is uh, communicating. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, I think that's gonna wrap things up for this show. Unless um, you blokes have anything else to say. <laughs> no, not I think very I, much. I think I've already said my as much as said I said. Um, yeah. Well, as Ken said, if you made it this far, thank you so much for your <laughs> perseverance, and uh, we'll be back next time with more Doctor Who Podshock and we'll yes, indeed. the next time will probably be for Planet of the Dead. Yep. Well, I'm sure we'll have another show before then. That's still a couple of weeks away. Okay. <laughs> Let's hope so. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, I believe you. I'm, I'm time I'm, for a bit. I'll be there. You just tell me when and where. All right. Well, yesterday, three thirty. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Take time care. to end this podcast. <laughs> See everybody next Cheers, time. Cheers, everyone. See ya. Cheers. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run Gallifreyembassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey at Gallifrey1.com. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next time for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net. Opening theme by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This is Lewis Trapani. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Lewis Trapani. You can follow James on Twitter at twitter.com slash James Norton. Also, Dr. Who Podshock is also on Twitter. You can follow Dr. Who Podshock at twitter.com slash Podshock. This has been an Art Trap production and is brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy has been made possible in part by donations from listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Small though it is, the human brain can be quite effective when used properly.